At this very moment, you're entering the vortex of Mystic Podcast. Welcome back. It's Daniela with another episode of Pure Magic. I have been overwhelmed with the feedback of you guys and the new way that Mystic Podcast is going to, meaning all the new guests and the solo episodes and the way this vortex it's wanting to move towards. And I've just been overwhelmed with so many DMs and emails and you guys just loving the new direction. So I'm just excited in what it's to come and what is an impure celebration. These days have been just full of excitement and full of celebration as I raise the vibration to welcome new souls into my new program, Soul Abundance, which starts now on Monday. Oh my gosh, it's, I just can't wait. There is so much magic inside this program that I didn't even know was possible. It's surprising me every time, the more I put the modules together, the more I put the content that we're going to be covering together, it's just more and more magic. So if you've been on the fence and you are curious about soul abundance and you're curious to learn how to attract your desires with ease and pleasure, if you want to balance your femininity and your masculinity to create a life on your terms, if you perhaps want to understand the quantum field, how it works, how collapse in time works, and deconditioned from all ways of being and moving beyond your limited beliefs, the beliefs that do not match the person that you're becoming. Because I don't know about you, but for me, I was just exhausted and tired of getting caught up in the same loop of doing the same over and over again and not really cracking the code. So if your experience is the same things without knowing how to move past your fears of disappointments and doubts and pain and asking too little from life, I welcome you into soul abundance. I want to talk to you. I want to hear from you. I want us to dive into this together. All you have to do is to DM me through Mystic Podcast Instagram or I am Danielle Arango Instagram or send me an email. I'm sure you'll find a way to find me. You guys, we are in for quite an episode. So I met Amy because she is a human design guide. She's also a soul astrologer and she is a medicine, um, energy medicine practitioner who helps women create alignment in their life and business. So I first came across Amy because I wanted to learn more about human design. She's actually the first person that I've ever went looking for human design in, in the reading of my chart. So I met her and just her energy, her wisdom, her understanding of the energetics behind human design were mind-blowing. So I wanted Amy to come and talk to us about her ways of seeing energy how she sees it, how she works with it. She has a beautiful understanding of the dimensions and she breaks it down for you guys in this episode when she talks about the third dimension all the way up to the seventh dimension where she says that that's where the soul lives. That's our dimension of the soul, which is a beautiful deconstruction of terms that are so sometimes hard to comprehend with our mind. So she has a beautiful explanation and she also shares about the energetics of money, how the energetics of money work in the quantum field. We talk about astrology, we talk about all the things. I'm sure this is an episode that you're absolutely going to love. And let's just dive right in. So Amy, tell me what you've been working on lately in, in terms of personal practices and, and personal development. Mm, uh, so personally, I've been really diving in like a lot more into my energy work and playing with my energy centers. Uh, yeah, you know, you and I know through human design and a big part of human design is working with your energy centers and 
um, the shift. I can feel there's a shift coming in the way we work with them rather than them just being third or fourth dimensional centres that circulate chi. I think we're starting to like open up and realise that they're actually multidimensional um, centres, our energy centres. So that's been a really big part of my like personal experimentation. Um, yeah, and just diving into, um, I guess, my own like continued journey of my own personal healing and my own sort of personal uh, energy alignment, really. Yeah, I hear you. And I want to cover two things, first of all, because I've been talking so much about the fourth dimension, the third dimension, the fifth dimension, all of those paradigms. And I will be super interested and curious to hear about your idea or how do you kind of conceptualize this ideas of the third dimension, the fourth dimension, the fifth dimension? Like, how do you see, how do you see them? Mm, I love this question. I love talking about these and I think opening people up to the awareness of these just different multidimensional frequencies of who we are you know I think a lot of people still get stuck on the like 2d's flat you know you know that kind of use of the word dimension um but I guess what we're talking about is different frequencies of our energy field I work between the third dimension, which we all have our physical vessels, up to the seventh dimension. Um, so in uh, energy and soul medicine, which is the certification I've been trained in, the seventh dimension is the frequency of our soul and our soul energy. And then, so, and then so the way I work with clients and in my work is, you know, all energy and all manifestation has to then trickle down through those, those different dimensions. Um, so I work with though very much, um, very into like my 3d physical body and like looking after that and having a really human embodied experience, you know, and, um, and this is a big part of my personal healing at the moment is around nurturing my nervous system and my 3d body so that I can be in coherence with those higher dimensional frequencies that I'm tapping into. Then I work with the fourth dimension as being like time, you know, and our energy centers in our body um, and the aura, things like that. And then the fifth dimension is like our light body, you know, and I think, and this is where we're going, which I've heard you talk about it in your work, you know, that this is what we're shifting into is this more fifth dimensional consciousness. But then I also work with, so sixth dimension is, uh, sort of the place where like all possibilities exist, you know, and it's just a higher dimensional frequency than the light body on the fifth dimension. Yeah. And then seventh dimension is soul, soul families. So a kind of play with all of those <laughs> different energies. Is that similar to how you work with them and your experience with them? Yeah, it's very interesting. And yeah, it's very similar. I don't right now is just because I receive and then I just receive what I'd receive and that's what I play with. Um, so I haven't heard that idea of the sixth, that this, the sixth dimension and the seventh dimension being your soul dimension. I love that idea. But in terms of the 3D, absolutely the physical body. Uh, the fourth, it's like the bridge between the physical body and the light body. It's the way I see it. And then the fifth dimension, it's it's really close to the six, as you say, unlimited possibilities, because I see it as a bigger container that can travel through time, that can bend through space. Um, so then it's like a light body because it doesn't have the restrictions of the physical body. And I'm, I'm just loving all of this because it's so interesting to hear from a different perspective, quite the same, but a different perspective of how you see things. And you as we talked the other day, you were saying about this um, in your personal experience, this idea of recovering from the busy life and recovering from the busy life. And, and the way I see it connected to what we're talking about is the busy life that so much in the physical body, it's very 3D. And then we're moving into this other idea of how else we could also work. So can you, can you just, would you mind kind of going a little bit deeper into this busy recovering idea and, and new ways of being. 
So I think the shift we're going through is like a remembrance, you know, we're remembering all the ways we used to work with energy, you know, in thousands and thousands of years ago, the things we always sort of innately knew. And we went through a big shift, you know, we go through big um, shifts in ages every two and a half thousand years. So we went through a big shift between the age of Aries and Pisces and we're at the end at the moment of Pisces and um, beginning of age of Aquarius and a big part of this age shift into the age of Aquarius is we're really letting go of um, and we're experiencing it intensely at the moment with a lot of the astrological transits that we have but we're really letting go of this uh, capitalist consumer burnout culture that we have um, I guess adopted um, and taken on and we've we're at the end of a period and they talk about this in human design and I've heard a lot of other practitioners in different modalities talk about this too it seems to be quite a common theme that we're shifting out of a really left brain overtly masculine society in back into and we're re-remembering and rebalancing that with our more right brain you know more feminized way of being and I feel like everyone's going through this on their own micro level and in their own way uh so for me like I'm super I'm super right brain I'm super when when I look at my human design I'm designed to be so much in flow and not very structured but I was living like up until a couple years ago in a super left brain structured way so I'm really still in the the decommissioning from that and like the unlearning from that from all the conditioning of you know, society, the culture we live in, also family conditioning and, you know, uh, like just the collective belief systems that we all have around being like busy, you know, and wearing burnout as a badge of honour and all of that. So um, I'm still navigating it. It's really, it's something that uh, I have to keep meeting my nervous system with it too. You know, it's like if, if I, um, often if I have more space in my day or I have a week that it's a bit quieter, I'm still meeting, you know, the nervous system will frag over that a little bit and try, I'll try to catch myself trying to make myself busy, you know, rather than just leaning into the flow and the spaciousness and like the pleasure of just being. Yeah, because I love the word that you said, unlearning, because it really is like an active unlearning of the things that we've been doing for so many years. And as you say, it's like actively telling myself or meeting your nervous system about the old ways, because I believe that, I mean, there is a thing about, and what do you think about this? There's a thing about, you know, wanting to shift to new ways, but then meeting the old so many times before we actually shift into that new paradigm that's like the work you know that's like the the understanding of the unlearning but I think it's active like it's actively retraining and relearning what do you think Mm, I agree and I feel like it goes in cycles where like you you meet an edge for it or you meet one belief and then you know you you carry on and you've sort of you've met that you've got through it and then it'll come up again you know, I don't think it's something that you just heal and work through once, you know, and break through the door and you're done with it. I think it's, there's so much conditioning around this busyness and productivity, you know, and associating our worth with and our value in the world with how productive we can be, that I think it takes, it takes a lot, you know, to, to, to unlearn that. And, and practically, like, how do you meet when that happens? So I do, I have a lot of like healing, like modalities that I use. So network spinal analysis is probably my favorite. It's a form of chiropractic that's really gentle, touches um, down your spine. And what they do is they work with your nervous system to help retrain your nervous system, because that's where a lot of us get stuck is that we might... We might shift something with our subconscious. We might shift something with our energy. But if there's not coherence in the nervous system, you just sort of keep replaying that same pattern. So I do that. I do things like breath work, you know, and I 
also practice a lot of like self-reflection and trying to sit with myself, you know, and, and be in the discomfort, not, not thinking this is uncomfortable. I need to shift it or do something or it's not right. You know, I kind of, I'm trying to now let myself sit in the discomfort, which might some days be like, oh, I've only got an hour of work to do today. This feels really uncomfortable. What am I going to do? I need to go do all these things on my list, you know, whereas some days it's like, well, my soul actually wants me to go sit down at the beach and take my journal and just like be with myself, you know, but that can feel really uncomfortable. I love that restructure because kind of myself the last two, three months going through the same of when I look at my schedule and I say, oh, wow, I only have the way I structure myself now, I, I don't work that much. So I feel uncomfortable with this idea of, you know, having only two to three hours when I'm actively doing something and the rest is in receiving mode of femininity and having to remind myself like that is okay. Like that is the way, it's the new way. And kind of meeting that uncomfortability with the understanding that of course, of course you feel that way because it's been like that for a very long time. But, you know, if you continue to do the same over and over again, that's what keeps on happening. Like the definition of, you know, insanity. But if we want to change something, then the daily actions have to change as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's spot on. And I'm not sure if we spoke about this the other day, but I have all these, you know, kind of, I guess, theories around, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's reasons why we're kind of not trained to understand our energy, you know, and there's been reasons why we've been sort of kept Mm -hmm. as a society in these kind of uh, uh, like loops of needing to, well, you need to work this much every week and you need to be busy and you need to be doing all, all the things. And I think that's a big part of what, yeah, what we're shifting this year is hopefully that sort of this kind of crumbling and people are waking up more to, you know, the beauty of when you've got, like when you're a human being and you've got actual space to be and you're only working a few hours a day, you've got so much more energy to, like you were saying, receive, but so much more energy to create as well, you know, to be in flow um yeah yes because um I've also seen that the the days where I work quote-unquote actively work on my computer for two day two hours or three hours and the rest I create a space is the days that I'm actually the most productive the days where I the downloads come the creativity comes I feel more free I feel more energized so it's such a misconception to say that you know being more productive is actually actively working and I believe that is it's actually not but because we haven't experienced it ourselves we still are in that um, belief that actively working it's the most productive way which it's not but Amy you have such a beautiful background with astrology human design um, and now as you're working in the energetic planes and in the energy dynamics of everything but how did you get started in all this how did your soul came back to all this remembering uh, I so I was always interested in astrology like my whole life I've always bought books and you know, read about things and got astrology reading. So I always had like this interest um, and I started to become interested in energetics though in 2012, which was, you know, quite a catalytic year for a lot of people. I had some changes in my health and I found out I had an autoimmune disease and I got super interested in like my chakra centers and, you know, back then like, well, what, what, what did I contribute to the environment in my body, you know, for it to be the environment for me to um, have an autoimmune disease. So I got really interested in energy from that point of view. And yeah. And then, so I started actually like studying astrology, like after, and I was, I was pretty uh, well-versed in it already. You know, I had such a thorough like years and years of reading books, but I started doing some astrology courses in 2017 And then right when I started doing astrology readings, I found human design. I just heard it on a podcast and it felt like the missing piece for me. 
in sort of the puzzle because astrology couldn't really answer what I felt was going on energetically or what I wasn't understanding about myself and my energy. You know, I could feel that my energy was different to people I worked with. I could feel like something just didn't feel right in the way I was living. And then was doing that for a little while and then started to see that I needed the energy skills and I wanted to really understand like soul and the mechanics of our energy field. So then I started studying that and then have just been kind of weaving it all together. And I mean, I'm still studying now. Like I don't think astrologers never stop studying. So I'm like studying astrocartography. I'm still studying like astrology in general. I'm still learning things in human design and I'm re-enrolled in an energy course. So I think I'll keep, I'll probably always be studying and learning. Um, But yeah, that's how I got started. So I'm pretty new to it all. That is so interesting. And, And the beautiful thing that you say, first of all, is that one thing that you said about your body is your environment. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Well, it's my, it's my home, you know? Mm. Yeah. And it's like how we treat that environment. It's like a mini earth inside and how we treat that environment is actually how that gets to, to look like and to move and to, and to be. And that's the piece. I think a lot of like uh, spirituality and energy modalities and practitioners kind of miss is the importance of like the body in your spiritual practice as well you know you can be doing all the big connection to source manifesting things but if your body's not in coherence with it like how are you going to birth things and create them in the world um mm. I love that and actually I haven't I haven't heard it in the way you're saying it. Like if your body's not in coherence with your mind or with your what you're creating, how can it come into the world, right? Because it comes through your body, comes through your energy, through um, through your source. So I love that. And so I'm just, and I think I've talked with in the podcast before where I really don't know much about astrology. I think it's fascinating, but I really don't know much about it, but how, like, was it some point that at some, at some, cause I remember when I met you, um, when I did a session with you, which was amazing. And it was my first session for human design and understanding everything was just mind blowing. And I remember back then you were also working with a lot of corporations and a lot of businesses. Um, So not just only working with one-on-one people, but working with like corporations. And like, how did that happen? Did you just one day woke up and said, oh, I want to study astrology or what was happening in your life at the time and, and how this whole transition came through? Yeah, well, that was, sorry, I should have said that um, before. So while I was studying astrology and doing all the things, I had like a career as well. So um, I've done lots of different things. I started after high school doing a business degree. Then I was like, I've done lots of different things that probably seem unrelated, Um, but I ended up studying fashion design and then I worked for like a fashion company and I ended up getting into like the HR department with them and even in that role so that was in like 2016 so even in that role I had a real interest and was like looking up uh like astrology charts for people if I had an idea of people's birthdays I would kind of look those things up um and so I was working in like a HR slash like executive assistant type role that had like a Uh, a a people kind of focus and so then I was studying astrology and human design like on the side and what happened was my workplace you know I told my I ended up telling my boss about what I was doing and they were super supportive and they were like well come in and do it do some of that with the team so that was kind of how it started and that was when I originally started with human design that was the path I thought I was going to go was down this like team compatibility um, whereas now it's kind of shifted and I more work with like the business owner now. Um, but yeah, so I had an interest and I still do, but in the dynamics within teams. And then I did that in a couple of other businesses, um, outside of there, um, as I was transitioning, like into working for myself. I love how just things shifts, you know, cause 
we think that when we have a download or when we have not a download specifically, when we have a, a desire, a goal, something that we want to create, and we think that the whole thing is just going to like, we're going to know the how in like one, two, three or ABC. And the truth is, is that as you say, things shift, like they show up in one way and then we go into another way and we kind of shift it and rebrand it and redescribe it uh, and, and give different meaning to it. So it's interesting that as you say, you know, things can shift and things can change. And perhaps what you wanted at the beginning is a little bit different to what you want now. And the other idea of, we always think that everything that happens in our lives is kind of random. But as you say, you know, you kind of went into business, because I'm sure it's part of what you do now, how you help your clients to, because you also have a business program through the energetics, which I think is super interesting. And also, I mean, I'm sure the fashion or all the things that you've studied have something to do with what you do today. Like how have they give you skills for who you are today? Mm, So every uh, thing that I've done has definitely, like I've built on it each time, you know, and it's all like led to really beautiful, like evolution and growth, even though it's never really gone how I thought logically in my mind things would play out or work out um and that's a part of my design like that's that's very prominent in my human design that I'm not meant to be super structured and super strategic or and super even um like specific about what the how is you know I can be super connected to the why and then I kind of just need to let go of the how and the what and let it let it happen um so it's probably I I would say it's turned out better than I could have imagined because I've been so surrendered with it you know and so open to change and and that surrendering I think we're touching a little bit upon femininity and like the feminine energy how would you describe that energy Mm. to me it's very it's so in astrology like the feminine energy is the energy of the moon so I always think of it as like a lunar energy the feminine energy reflects the light of the sun which is the solar and the masculine um to me it's I love that word you used at the beginning which was receptivity you know and to me when I'm in my feminine it's very much about trusting that I will receive you know and dropping back into that energy of knowingness and trusting that there's enough you know, and that I'll receive and that my moments of being in my yang, masculine energy are enough. I don't have to be in that all the time. and I don't have to be pushing and trying to make things happen at all. I can trust that like ebb and flow of it. So I really, I honour both. I really honour like my masculine and my feminine. I feel like I need both of them, but I definitely lean more into the feminine energy more of the time now. I think this is very important. And you guys listening, like go back to that because this is everything. As Amy, are you saying the the femininity is that receptivity, the knowing that we don't always have to be doing because there has to be a balance of doing and receiving. And that is everything. Because if we understand that super simple yet not so simple concept, then our life can come back to balance in all dimensions, relationships, work, I mean, everything. So in that, Amy, when you say this is my receptivity and and this is also what I do, is that how your day looks like? Like your day looks like a little bit of masculine, feminine, or how does that work? Mm, So for me, sometimes I'm super inconsistent. So I'm starting to realize what works for me every week is to have maybe two quite big work days, you know, that feels good. And then maybe trying to make sure I have more time off or I have more quieter days. And for me, it also looks like not being on a schedule, like other than my client sessions, you know, all the other work that I have to do, I'll kind of have like my list of like, this is what I have to get done, but I have no attachment to 
like the when it has to be done by. It's like just this has to be done in these three days, you know, and then I can tune into the energy and see how I feel every day and see if the energy's there to do those things. I really work with, you know, my energy as a sign of alignment too. And if the energy's not there to complete a task or to do something, I know I've kind of got to look at either my approach or, or what the thing is and if I'm meant to be doing it. Um, but so it's more about being in flow, you know, and if I want to go have lunch out, I'll go have lunch out, you know, and if I want to go down to the beach in the afternoon, like going down to the beach and I really try to, but I balance it within like, I guess, within the week, you know, I try not to have weeks where I'm just, just in my masculine, you know, or, um, well, I do have weeks when I'm on holiday when I'm probably more just in my feminine, I'm in that receptive, um, mm. Because I feel like when we talk about manifestation and energetics, sometimes it can get so untangible because mm-hmm. is the realm of imagination, because it's the realm of having to be more sensitive and trust things that we cannot see. So when it comes to like that balancing of you do, and then you go into this imagination wor- world where you trust. I think that's when it gets so tricky. So, for you, what do you think it's like the resistance, or what do you think is the biggest challenge for you when it comes to trusting the imaginary world and the the world of the energetics that you cannot see? Mm. So actually I have another example. So a good example of this is whenever I'm launching something and I've got a new offer. So I will always, you know, you're in your masculine when you're launching and you're putting something out there. And I will always balance that by either going for a nap, like I'll launch and then go for a nap or I'll launch and book myself in for a massage or I'll I'll make sure I schedule in those cases, I'll schedule yin feminine receptive time because I want to be in that energy so I can receive so that people can come in and I can be really open and receptive to their to to their energy and for money and all of the things um so that's probably like probably the most tangible example of how I actually practice that I love that absolutely because sometimes if you're doing and then you're like okay I'm gonna receive now and then you're just like okay but what do I do and then you're back again in the masculine so the idea of doing nothing or like what do how do we even get into the feminine it's like I said is untangible it's like being it's the beingness that if we can go and get a massage, that's the being because we're not doing anything, we're receiving. So I love that idea. And in talking about this beingness versus the doing, how do you how do you see those two? Like the the beingness of of the soul? Because I know you talk and, and you teach a lot about the the seventh dimension and the soul dimension. Is that the beingness or how how do you work with your clients when it comes to the seventh dimension and the soul? And that understanding that, again, gets so untangible. Mm. So I feel like the masculine and feminine to me exists probably on all dimensions and in in all levels. Um, To me, um, just in how I experience it, I always, I find when I describe to people, when I say, you know, your soul is just a higher frequency like of your energy field you know and it's kind of everywhere it seems to help people grasp the concept because the word like soul or higher self can be so like nebulous and like you're talking about the imagination and unclear whereas if we understand well it's a part of it's all here within your field um but it's just a higher frequency that your 3d self can't really perceive um but it's there and you can attune to like those subtle shifts in that energy but when I'm channeling like if I'm really tapped into my soul energy that can feel it's often when I'm creating and channeling and birthing things in the world so it's normally I'm in this state that's probably more yang because I'm creating it and bringing it through um so I'm not sure I'm not sure I've answered your question but I I definitely find like having really like physical 3D things scheduled in to really help. So things like massages or getting my nails done or 
having a scheduled like phone call with someone that I love, you know, that I can share and sort of receive the praise of like the well done's, you know, you've uh, congratulations, you've launched something, you know, or scheduling drinks with friends or something where I can just be in that beingness. So for me, I guess the masculine and feminine, it's a shift in energy from like creating and putting out there to just softening back and letting it come to me. And, and this is the thread that I kind of lost a little bit right before, but I wanted to touch upon because again, talking about the intangible when it comes to manifestation and the idea of wishy-washy kind of thing of like, okay, we think positive and everything just works. And I think what we've been missing about this idea of, of manifesting, which literally it is bringing the imaginary world into the physical world, like the quantum field of possibilities into the physical world. I think the thing is, is that sometimes we can be too much in the feminine or too much in the masculine. And you tell me what you think about this, but because sometimes we say with manifestation, it's like, oh, you just have to think positive thoughts and it will work out. But then I think that that's too much. I mean, it's not even feminine because you're thinking and you're doing, but I feel like they the misconception of this is that you can go too much on your feminine too. Mm, absolutely. And I think what you're describing is a really like passive way of doing it, of manifesting. Um, so I, there's got to be like aligned action in there somewhere. You know, you, I don't believe we just energetically shift something and it just like materializes. Like we've got to, there's got to be some sort of 3D physical action. And the way I work with manifesting, so it's like this trickling down through the dimensions. So we might tap into something at like a soul level. And then we want to check like the coherency on each level as you're bringing it down. And you can often sense, you know, if I'm tapping into say like a new program that I feel like, oh, my soul wants me to create this program and this offering. I need to channel that down through the dimensions. And often where there is the incoherence or the, the, yeah, the misalignment is in either the physical body or in that fourth dimensional, so thought or your energy centres or that first layer of your aura or somewhere. And then I would then work to work through that with like network chiropractic or breath work or a practitioner or something. Um, but I think, again, like it, what we were saying before, like the 3D is so important, I think, taking action. I think that's what a lot of manifesting law of attraction type things kind of miss um that is so insane because I think a month and a half ago I was meditating and all of a sudden I'm connecting to my energy center so for you guys listening just imagine um like a pillar of light from my crown all the way to my sacral I'm sitting in lotus position and then I just have this pillar but my pillar went beyond my sacral, so higher, right? A lot higher than my sacral, like beyond my crown, a little bit over like the roof of the house, for example. And I remember tapping into the energy of a manifestation, what I wanted to create. And I started trickling. And you tell me, Amy, if this is exactly what you're, you're describing. But I I started to kind of drip it down from the from you know the, the roof of the of the apartment all the way down until it hit my crown and when it hit my crown I think at some point it stopped <laughs> and I felt like oh this is where it's stuck and I was thinking oh and then I kind of related that to some feelings and to some things that we were still saying no we're still kind of resisting and blocking and I thought that was so interesting that I could kind of by trickling down and bringing it actually like in my mind bringing down that manifestation through my pillar it stopped at some point where I was unaware that that was the part the part that was blocking it because I feel like at the end of the day it gets birthed through the sacral so if it doesn't go all the way down through the chakra line or through the pillar then there is that part that is like blocking it is that it mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting that you had that experience because it can definitely, if there's not coherence in all your energy centres, um, not manifest. I actually bring things in. So I work with my sacral 
so in energy and soul medicine, we also have what's called a creation center there, which is what I was referring to as like a multidimensional um, center. So I, the way I manifest is actually like where you said you trickle it down. So for me, it is a dimensionally, I can feel it's a trickling down, but the way it feels in my energy field is that my sacral expands out and then I kind of draw it all back in to my sacral and out and through, but I can feel like there has to be coherence in all of my energy centers. I've got to still be like a clear channel, but just the feeling of it feels, this is where it can be super different for everyone too, in what I've learned, everyone's experience of it can be really unique. And when you say energy center, just for our listeners to understand, are we talking about like the chakra line or what is it specifically that we're talking about when you're talking about energy centers? So I, so the chakras, I call them energy centers just because that's what we call them in human design. So they're essentially the same thing as they are the chakras, but in human design, we have nine, you know, whereas in the chakra system, you have seven. Um, But then in energy and soul medicine, we work with energy portals within the body. And we've actually, in, in that, we've actually got 19 different portals. So they're places where you can tap into high dimensional frequencies of energy through. Like, so instead of going up the line of energy centers, you can kind of just tap in in that way through to different sorts of energy. Um, but there's only really three that I really work with and one, which is the creation center or the sacral, like you're saying, everything gets birthed through the sacral. Um, that's the main one I work with these days, particularly for manifesting. I love that. I think that I, I'm sometimes so caught up up in the higher, uh, like energy centers or chakras or you know downloading things that I sometimes don't get to the sacral <laughs> um, because I'm working up there. So it would be interesting to shift a little bit towards like what if we put attention into the sacral? I'm definitely gonna do that and um, encourage you guys listening also that if you've always you know been kind of in the realm of the third eye and the head and the crown, maybe bring it down and work with your sacral and see how that gets to play out. But one of the things that I wanted to discuss with you too was the the quantum field and the money in the realm of quantum fields and how you see that. Because I think we touched upon it on our little chat before this conversation, but we didn't really get into it. And I think it's so interesting because money is its own frequency, its own vibration. And I and I'm really curious to hear how you see that in the quantum field. Mm, so, yeah, I work with money as if it's an energy, you know, it has its own like essence, its own soul. Um, and really money's, you know, and a story, you know, it's this thing that we have or the value that we give to things is is a story. You know, we create and we make up on like a human level that, oh, this thing has this value, you know, this pen has a value of $5, you know, and that's, to me, that's a story that we can change and we can rewrite. Um, But the, I work with money as if it's an energy. So I tap into it in a similar way to how I tap into my own soul energy. I think to me, it exists up in those higher frequencies anyway. So somewhere fifth dimension or higher, um, and I feel like the way we work with money really needs to change or it, it, it is changing. Like we're being called to start having more of an energy relationship with it. Um, so to me, it's a frequency and it's, to me, money is also something you need to work with and be in like coherence with and in alignment with in order to bring it through and to receive for, receive money as well. Um, yeah, what's your experience working with it? What's your, yeah, it's really interesting because I have actively started working with my relationship with money about three years ago, two year and a half, three years ago, when I really went into the unlearning (laughs) of, you know, conditioning and cultural relationships, because I come from Colombia. I come from a place from a third world country where the relationship with money is this relationship that is really tough and really, you know, miss, I think, how would you say 
It's just the way it's always been. You know, you have to work really hard for money, uh, money. You have to sacrifice things for money. You have to suffer for money um, and all those things. So I didn't think because logically that's not the way I see it. But of course, within my energy centers, within my beliefs, my subconscious, everything, I was holding onto those beliefs and I still have work to do in terms of unlearning a lot of the cultural conditioning that I've you know, picked up from where I was brought. But so, yeah, about two and a half years ago, I started working with my relationship with money and uncovering my story behind the way I got to see money from my earlier years. But the funny thing is, is that I didn't feel the need or the desire to teach it or to talk about it or to bring it to my offerings until the last I don't know, eight months maybe (laughs) or six months that I started to talk more about money because I feel, as you say, there is a shift. We're being called to reshape in a collective, meaning in the broader perspective of things all together as a human species to really reconsider what money is. So tell me about because I'm just so curious that this is like such a synchronicity. Tell me about how you think that we've been related to money and which way we're, you know, or invited to um, see money and relate to money now. Mm, So I think it ties in with this whole narrative and this whole story where like unlearning and decommissioning from into, in regards to, like capitalism and this work burnout culture and the fact that you've got to give so much to receive so little um, that is so all connected to like the shifts we're experiencing, particularly between now and the end of the year, um, is this rewriting of that story and our collective beliefs around how we receive money. Um, Because, I mean, it's ridiculous that we live in a world where anyone goes hungry, you know, or anyone doesn't have enough money to to meet their basic needs because there is enough money and currency in the world to do that. I think how it's shifting, you know, I think money has a, there's a consciousness to money, you know, and I think what's, what's shifting is how money wants to be used, like how or how currency wants to be used in the world. And I feel like, uh there needs to be like a coherence between the desires of the person being for the the good of all you know and for being what's best for the earth as to how like who money wants to be with and who money wants to be used by um but I never see money either like I never really consider it my money either like I really feel like I'm just kind of the channel you know, and I can receive and I can use it and I can make sure I'm channeling it into things that are important to me or like buying, I buy food, buying it from grocers that I like and resonate with, like, but I'm kind of just, we're all just the stewards, you know, for this thing. But we think like the human 3D way of it is like, it's my money, you know, and people hoard it and keep it to themselves. And I think that's what will shift out of this, that it's anyone's money, you know, it's everyone's money and it's an energy of its own. Um, And I actually have one of my mentors, she says to me all the time that energy is the currency of the future, you know, and it's how much energy you can bring to things um, that'll be like the new paradigm kind of currency that we have. I love that, that energy is the new currency. And I think I, funny, I think a few months ago, I have a, I had a video on Instagram where I said that. I said, the most valuable currency that you have is your own energy and the way you use it and the way you nourish it and the way you understand it. And it's really interesting that you say that, you know, you don't like to hoard money or you don't like to feel like it's your money and that you own it. And I feel like that's such a masculine way of seeing money of like, this is mine and um, I get to have it and nobody's going to take it from me. And, you know, I have the rights to it. And when I say this is a masculine energy, I'm not saying that this is a good manifestation of masculine energy. I'm just saying this perhaps is an imbalanced masculine energy of wanting to whore money. So things brings me to the question of, do you think money, it's more of a feminine energy? 
Mm. I've actually never thought of it like that. I just tuning in, I feel like money is a bit like us and that it's probably got a feminine and a masculine to it, but potentially, like you're saying, it's been the way we've been working with it has been in a really unbalanced masculine way. And what money desires is to be worked with in a more feminine, sustainable, like balanced way. Because I guess actually, no, because the difference, I think what you're describing, like this unbalanced masculine is really in a state of like scarcity and there's not enough. So I need to have it all and keep it all for myself. Whereas I feel like money desires for us all to be in a state of like abundance, you know, and security and sort of knowingness that we can receive and that there is enough. So I feel like maybe it is more on the feminine side. Absolutely. And I think, I I think I agree with the idea of it has both. And it's really up to us how we work with it. But if we're working with it with a masculine, it is presented to us in a masculine way. If we're working with it in a feminine way, it's presented to us in a feminine way, I think. Uh, Or at least that's how I'm kind of bringing what you're saying. Because it's like, of course, if we're, you know, forcing it into a masculine way, that's the way it's going to show up. And then um, it can also show up in a more feminine way, but I feel like money likes to be free. <laughs> I don't think money likes to be, um, it likes a structure, yes, but I also feel like money likes to be free and, and caring and, and I don't know, I see it more like this energy of like um, femininity and, and I don't know, but that's maybe my way of seeing it. But I think it's really important. I mean, how was it for you when you started to rewrite your story with this frequency, with this energy, with this um, money idea? Like how does that, how did that came for you? Mm-hmm. So money, it's interesting. This isn't actually something I talk a lot about in my work. Like I do with like long-term clients, but money's been a pretty big journey for me. I feel like I had a really unbalanced relationship with money like my whole life probably up until like 2017 um and I've definitely noticed that the more I honor my feminine energy and the more I give myself space and time to just be and be in receptive mode the more money I receive you know so there's definitely a link there you know I can look back and see times when I was working really hard, you know, and doing all the things and working too much and burnt out and depleted. And you would think like hours put into something would equal more money, but it's actually been the times where I've been able to step away that I've been able to receive more. Um, But it's been like, I guess a big, I've done a lot of like subconscious work around money. I've done a lot of work around my ability to receive and my belief that I can receive I think for women receivership can be a really big block that we have you know and and questioning our safety because we're coming out of sort of thousands of years where men have been put in positions within the families and within homes that they are traditionally you know more in charge of the money and so for us now like our generation Like that doesn't really happen anymore, but there's still that biological, you know, and that memory of thousands of years of that kind of happening. So I feel like for people who identify as women, you're kind of rewriting your story a bit, you know, because it wasn't that long ago. Like I think probably back to maybe my grandparents and I would say my granddad probably was the one who at the, well, my grandma stayed at home, looked after the kids, the men, you know, traditionally is the person bringing in the money and maybe control, having more control and more say over it. Um, so I think there's like this re reconnection that needs to happen for women and men as well. But, you know, I feel like there's that pattern there as well. Yes, I totally agree with what you're saying about um, for there's a lot of rewriting right now and there's a lot of new stories that we're, we're starting to shift into what do we get to tell now? What's the story that we get to say and, and how do we want that to come along? So thank you for sharing that. I think it's really empowering to hear that we always think that everybody has it all together, that everybody, you know, 
it's perfect from when we look at their, I mean, Amy, you have such a beautiful Instagram, such a beautiful community, such a beautiful programs. And it's really sometimes deceiving in terms of like, we think that everybody has it all together, but it's always a journey of learning. It's always a journey of, of continuing to be the student at this life, because that's pretty much what we're here for. We are the students of this human earth or the, no, we are the, the students or the human students of the earth. And, and that's the way it gets to be. So thank you for sharing that. And this episode, it's coming really soon. Uh, it's going to be published in about two weeks. So what can you tell us of in terms of astrology, like what's coming for us in this last few months and this, you know, end of 2020? Is there anything particular that we should be looking out for or that we are in, um, in a right for? <laughs> Yeah, look, the astrology is pretty wild for the rest of the year. You know, we're in Mars retrograde at the moment. He definitely comes into some challenging aspects. Um, We have a really catalytic uh, transit in mid-November. And then we have this kind of fresh cycle beginning, you know, at the very end of December on the solstice. So my, what I've been saying to all my clients is to just, be patient, like with yourself and other people, you know, and just keep in mind that like any intensity, you might be feeling everyone's kind of feeling it at the moment. Like I don't think anyone's immune to it. There's obviously a scale, you know, some people have more intense transits happening than others. Um, But we're in, what we're in is really like our phoenix kind of death and rebirth, you know. So whatever's being brought to light, between now and the end of the year it's doing so so that we can transmute it and we can shift it and we can change it so it's likely that there's like big things that'll come out sort of collectively you know potentially a lot of things with like our governments our financial structures you know things as well as you can see like in the US um, but globally as well so I think we're in we're in for change on like the macro, which is why I think it's feeling so intense. Is that there's a lot happening on the macro level, and then we're all experiencing it on our own micro level, and we have to kind of navigate both. Um, so just yeah, patience yeah. and compassion. Yeah, I hear that. Like how it's happening both of them. I actually haven't thought about it that way. That it is happening. So much change happening in the macro level, and also so much change happening in the micro. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a lot. And people, there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, all your listeners would be super aware of like their energy and what's going on. But there's a lot of people in the world who aren't too. So for them, it's just like this intense time. They don't know what's coming or what's happening. It feels like the world is like topsy turvy, you know. So there's obviously like a lot of then stress and anger and all the things, you know. So we just need, need more people being aware that. You know, it's we're going through a big shift. We're at the end of several massive, massive cycles, astrology. So there's a lot that's dying and needing to be sort of burnt away so we can be reborn, you know, as cliche as that sounds. Okay. This question just came up because I think a few weeks ago, um, I had a download where I was being shared that this restructuring and this, you know, new birth into what we're moving it's gonna take they said about two years in the illusion of time they usually talk about the illusion of time because for us it's time for them it's no time so I know a lot of people are so ready to be done with 2020 and so ready for this to be but it's funny that we think that in December I mean like 2020 is done, but I feel like there is a still so much happening and so much coming. And I think it definitely gets better and better. And we are shifting and moving and changing. But what do you think about like the next also year and not talking about what's going to happen the next year, but I feel like we're not going to be done with this big transitions yet, or at least that's what I've been receiving. Mm, no so and I agree and because astrology it's never just that like this transit happens on this date and then that shift happens on this date you know it could take it can be great it's definitely gradual you know and energy takes time but what I am perceiving or what I believe is happening is just there's a shift in our consciousness in 
December, you know, and um, like more collectively or like an upgrade to our consciousness, but the effects will keep like playing out. And uh, I mean, I think and it's going to be a few, like we're kind of in uh, the changing of the ages is like a period of hundreds of years too, you know, so you know, and it doesn't mean that the next few years is always going to be, it's going to be challenging the whole time. But I think there's going to be continual evolution for us probably till around like 2027 where things will keep like shifting and changing. Um, but this year though, just particularly like these next few months, there's just like quite a few challenging trends. It's all really close together, you know, all kind of happening at one time in a real relatively short period of time, which is why it probably feels more intense, but no, exactly what you're saying. We'll keep evolving and things will keep shifting and changing. Which is amazing to know too, right? That we're going to continue to evolve, that we haven't gotten to our peak and everything that we can be, which is amazing. There's always so much potentiality for us to evolve into. Thank you so much, Amy. This, I mean, picking your brain and just having a conversation with you and being in your energy as a reflector myself, it's really interesting to, I can definitely say that this um, flow and this unstructured and kind of femininity, which is over the place, but also really here and really present, it's definitely part of your energy. And I admire that and love that. Um, the last question that I want to ask you and that I'm sure the listeners would love to know is, and you shared a little bit about this already, but here in Mystic, um, we talk about the balance between our spirit or our soul and the balance between the humanity or like the humanness of who we are. So how do you navigate, you know, disappointment and resentment and feelings of frustration, kind of like your humanness with the soul knowing it all? And mm. in, in that spiritual area or a spiritual realm. Yeah. So I think, so, you know, we're here to have like a human experience, like we're in our bodies for a reason. We have 3D physical vessels for a reason. And I don't think anyone, I don't think no one really wants to, you don't want to bypass your lived human experience but I think to me what happens is even when things are like tricky and tough or when you're going through things if you can continue to reference your soul and continue to tap in and just have moments of reference of that energy even when you feel like maybe you're having like a really human moment um but I find I think the more that you play in that frequency and start to really embody like your soul, it feels to me like it's just that you sort of bounce, can bounce back to that quicker rather than getting really stuck in like the 3D human stuff, you know, the loops and the, the negative thought patterns and all of that. If you can build a tolerance for connecting with your soul, you can bounce back to that faster, I feel. I absolutely agree. Because I think what you're trying to say is once we get a really, not a grasp, but once we're really close with our soul essence or our, in our frequency and our, and that energy that we have available to us, it's really easy. It's easier to come back to it and to know that it's always there when we have those, you know, rock bottoms or those moments of really being human. And I believe that we can walk with both. I believe that it's okay to have this moments of superhumanness because the soul is always there. The other side is always there. Like if there's one thing happening, the other side is always there. Like the polarity of it, it's always there. So as long as we know that, I think we can be really safe in either way, either paradigm that we're experiencing. Amy, where can we find you? Mm, <laughs> where can sorry, people uh, know about you? Because... I'm sure the listeners are going to be like, I want more of Amy. And by the way, Amy has this amazing Instagram where she shares um, astrology, human design, wisdom. It's just, I mean, please, please share with us. Oh, thanks, honey. Um, so yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram. I don't really, that's kind of my my place so people can find me there and I share like your yeah, moon updates and stuff like that so my Instagram is amy lee which is spelled a-m-y-l-e-a dot co 
and then my website as well. So I've got all my like work and contact and stuff on my website, which is amylee.com.au. Thank you. And what is the kind of work that you're doing this day? So are you offering this days or um, are you working one-on-one? Is there a program happening? Um, what's, what's up? <laughs> yeah, so I do one-on-one business coaching, but I'm full until 2021. Um, and I also have a group business coaching program, which I'll run again, probably in early 2021. Um, so other than that, I am creating uh, an offer or a platform where people can come and learn like astrology and human design and business energetics and money energetics with me. So I'll probably launch that in the next couple of months. Um, I mean, I'm giving myself lots of space and being patient because Mars retrograde. So I'm not, I don't have like a strict deadline with it. Um, so, but ideally by the end of the year, that'll kind of be up and running for people. Beautiful. Definitely, guys, make sure that you go check Emmy out because she just has so much. Even just being in her energy, being in her frequency and reading her Instagram quotes, I mean, it's just such a gift for the soul. So thank you so much, Amy, for being here, for sharing this time with us. And thank you guys for being here. As always, much love and blessings your way. Until next time.